Welcome to First Focus, a podcast here at First Presbyterian Church of Columbia, where we highlight various events and ministries around the church. I'm one of your hosts, Josh Adair, and the pastoral intern for Biblical Counseling. This week, we're interviewing Reverend Neil Mathias. You may remember that Neil spoke recently with us about the Columbia Area ARP Missions Conference. He's here today because he's going to give us an update into what some of our missionaries are facing around the world as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or if you even have an idea for a podcast in the season of quarantine, please don't hesitate to contact us. We have a new email that you can email us at podcast at firstprezcolumbia.org. That's podcast at firstprezcolumbia.org. Or you can go to our website or check us out on our app. Let's get to the conversation. Welcome back to First Focus. I'm Josh Adair, one of your hosts, and, and with me today we have uh, another recent guest who joined our show, uh, coming back to give us a little bit of an update. Neil Mathias, the director for the Frank Hill Center for World Mission of our church. Uh, hello. Good to talk to everyone. Yeah. And Neil, where are you coming to us from today? Well, we ended up mostly settling into a place in North Carolina. We have one of our families uh, staying with us, so it's not uh, as quiet as one might think. So, <laughs> Well, that's wonderful. It's, we're so thankful for you to take some time to give us this update about our, our missionaries. And Neil, some of our listeners may not remember the last time you were on, but the last time you actually spoke with us was in regards to the missions conference that our church celebrated. That was a wonderful opportunity for us to hear about God's work around the world and in unexpected places. We really look forward to hearing from you today a little bit about our work in different areas that you can speak about and how our missionaries are being affected, how we can pray for them. So why don't you start us off, Neil, by just giving us a little overview of how our missionaries are being affected. Well, one of the things that is, uh, stuck out to me as I've interacted with some of our missionaries is how uh, much... Uh, I think all of us can relate to each other at this point. Uh, since this is a, world, a worldwide pandemic and uh, some uh, some pretty tangible restrictions on mobility are being applied to almost everyone, it's sort of one of those unique times where actually we can relate to our missionaries. Often we think they're in different countries and they have a different life, and that's essentially true, but this pandemic is making us uh, have a shared experience. And, and so our missionaries, in many ways, are experiencing the same sorts of things we are and are trying to adapt and adjust uh, to them. Another thing I think is there, uh, many of them have expressed the desire to find ways to still be useful to the Lord in the midst of the restrictions they have. And, you know, presumably that's the same sort of situation we find ourselves in. So. Sure. that's it's It's so unique that... You would think that a pandemic might not be the context where you would want to understand one another more, but it's it's unique in the ways that God can use this opportunity for us to understand their struggles and and connect them with our own. Mm-hmm. So could you re- just remind us, what are the geographic regions that we're going to look at in terms of just different areas we have folks involved in? I know we're involved around the world, but what in particular are areas that our church has a significant influence that might be more, more impacted by these uh, by this pandemic? Yeah. Uh, as it ends up, we have a significant number of missionaries who are in Europe. There were missionaries who had been in Turkey, but Turkey, it's become increasingly closed, and a number of them are redeployed 
to minister to refugees from that area in Europe. And Mexico became a place where, because of the violence there, the, the missionaries with an interest in the Spanish-speaking world were redeployed to Spain. So there's a real emphasis with our missionaries now in Europe and then a sort of scattering of others in different places. But that sure. that's kind of the big picture. Yeah. And so where would you like to start in just giving us an update on some areas? Well, I could run through some of our European connections and sure. and then give a, a sampling of other areas and some of the accounts that are coming up. That sounds uh, great. Of course, Spain, Spain is where our Spanish-speaking efforts are taking place, and we have three families from our own church there, the Witties, uh, Kings and Brickies. One thing that has come from the Witties is he has been able to live stream uh, his messages on Sunday so that their congregation can hear it. That's and amazing. actually one of the, yeah, and I'm sure they weren't doing that before. One of the stories that's come out is he has a friend there in Toledo, Spain, who he's been asking to come to church and who never has, but listen to the live stream. So uh, Praise the Lord for that. Yeah, an opportunity that the live streaming produced that coming in person taking place. The Kings, Jeff King is teaching and a principal at a Christian school outside Madrid. And in many ways, his life is almost just as busy, though uh, physically constrained, because the school has gone to online teaching. So he has done that as well as... He said being the principal, uh, we still can get in touch with them, and they have, in some ways, more issues to work through administratively. So he's been keeping real busy. They were here last fall and returned in January, and really have returned just in time for all this to take place. And then I think many of our church folks have sort of followed the Brickies. Justin's father being very sick. Justin came back, I think it was late in January 8th to see his dad and to visit their oldest son who was here for school. And then the pandemic set in and they were a separated family. But Julian and the other boys were able to get a flight before things closed down even more and came back. But even though she was physically here, they had to do the, uh, I think it was 14 day quarantine. Mm. And so they, you know, they talked to each other from a distance, but Jillian and the three other boys had to be quarantined. And so, you know, their lives obviously affected by all of this. Of course, in the midst of that, Justin's father did pass away and they were here and had to have a uh, private family funeral, just like other folks are having to do at this point. So crazy. That's the Spain story. Sure. If we slide over to France, we have a number of missionaries we support there, but maybe none to. More people are the Revelos, Paul and Missy, and uh, it's really sort of unusual. Missy, back in January, started to have some real respiratory issues, mm. and and they are not sure whether she actually had COVID-19 or not, but they treated her as if she did, and she's doing better, uh, still recovering, yeah, uh, you know, sort of a mystery there, but she may or may not have been part of what's happening with her own health. One thing uh, they've done is they are an example of looking for ways to serve the Lord, and they've signed up for a community effort to uh, deliver food to the elderly during this time. And Paul, in particular, has been going out uh, serving that way just to be 
of ministry. And then one other sort of world witness connection. Sure. The Meberg family most likely did have COVID-19 within their family. They're doing fine, but just shows that the missionary community is certainly not exempt from what's going on out there. Sure. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's hard to hear, but it's also encouraging to know that in some ways they're having to deal with some of the same realities. And so mm-hmm. I, I wanted to ask, too, what about uh, any other families that we might support or even other areas outside of Europe? The whole different part of the world, uh, Katie Schuler, a young lady from the Grace Church in Northeast Columbia, is in Japan, and a missionary we support. Uh, she's sort of an, another example. She says she's really, with the extra time she has been given, has sought to really spend more time in prayer and praying for things in her world and around the world. And, and as an example in that way of just seizing the time and using it well. Mm-hmm. Uh, folks may be interested in, in our friends in Leith, Scotland, uh, who are sure doing a uh, video church like we are, but the purchase of their new building is probably somewhat being affected. They're applying for what we'd call a zoning change so that they can use this new property as a church, but that process is probably going to slow down because of uh, what's taking place. And so, uh, but as Apple sort of indicated, they've gotten used to waiting with this process and, uh, So, yeah, what's one more uh, dimension of waiting uh, as long as it works out and things are still in in its own timing moving forward so that they can have this new uh, property? I know our folks are real interested in that. And then maybe one other around the world sort of picture is the hospital in Pakistan, Christian Hospital, uh, Siwal. COVID-19 is present in uh, Pakistan, not a whole lot of reported cases, but the hospital was told they're not to treat any, they're sent to send those patients to uh, a government hospital, at least that was the case a couple weeks ago. The picture of what's painted there is that a country like Pakistan potentially could really be ravaged by this because you have people whose uh, day-to-day existence is very tenuous. Sure. Uh, people work one day to earn money, to go buy food, to eat the next day. Mm. And so uh, they they can't, many people don't think they can afford to stay home. And so uh, social uh, isolation is, is a perilous sort of uh, setting there. And, and sure. it really dawned on me that that's probably a picture of, or what this is like in the poor areas of the world where mm. the resources to just live are limited and people aren't as easily in a position to do what's needed to contain the virus. So mm. uh, that's just something to be mindful of, not only there in Pakistan, but in the other poor places in the world. So that's a little picture of some of the folks scattered around the world. And of course, there are a number of people we support involved in world ministries with a U.S. home. And I think one thing that I think going on there is folks just having to use digital communication to stay in touch. Uh, I know the uh, Konamaras are are doing that Mm -hmm. and others. uh, And it brings to mind just the fact that also life goes on and and we as a church have followed Andy's uh, first 
Mm. Victoria's mother passing away, and and then uh, really just a few days later, Scott's father mm. uh, passing away in Florida. So realities of life still take place, and folks have to adjust to that, and and it certainly affects affecting them, and and there are others who are in similar situations. So anyway, that's a little overview of some of our missionaries and their situations and how uh, this pandemic is affecting their lives. Sure, that's crazy. And and that's not even to consider how it might be affecting some of their financial livelihood for the support for their ministries with some of the economic uncertainty that comes with this. That's something I, I think that all of all of our congregation and, and, and our, our world faces. You know, I'm really thankful that's right. the church is so committed to, to these families. And so... Yeah. Yeah, a big picture these days is, you know, how the finances for churches go and missionary support over the next, you know, couple of years. Uh, there is, sure. humanly speaking, reason to think there'll be some challenges that'll come for folks. And too soon to tell, but that certainly is something to be prayerful and mindful about. Well, Neil, I appreciate you being willing to share so much of this uh, update that that you're privy to and these relationships with folks. I know that they've got relationships in our congregation through folks who partner mm-hmm. with them, and, and, and they've done a great job of staying in contact with our congregation. And so, But it's, it's a joy and an, a unique opportunity to even identify, it sounds like, with these missionaries as they face the same realities on the ground as we do here. So... Are there any other things that you think might be helpful to share for our listeners? Well, I think we're all wondering what the Lord's up to um, in our own part of the world, and that's certainly true where our missionaries are. And one would uh, hope and pray that some new, unexpected uh, spiritual ministry opportunities that may come, that uh, people who might not have been open to the gospel will become open to it, and the ministries of uh, our folks would uh, see new signs of life it, it, even as we make our way through what's clearly a difficult time. Well, thank you so much, Neil. I appreciate you being willing to talk with us for a few about that. If there's any other ways that we can be updated, how can our church stay in contact with, with either you or if they would like some more information about one of these missionaries that they could reach out? Well, they'd probably be emailing me okay. uh, via the church email and Matthias at All right. Thank you so much, Neil. I appreciate that. Okay. You've been listening to First Focus. On behalf of Neil, as well as all of the staff here at First Presbyterian Church of Columbia, I'm Josh Adair. Thank you for joining us. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, don't hesitate to contact us. If you have an idea for the show, you can also reach out by emailing us at podcast at firstpresscolumbia.org. We hope that you'll join us again next time. And until then, God bless.